Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the World Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots of things to look at as we wrap up a week's worth of trading and move into next week with more USDA reports headed our way. Sean Hackett is joining us with Hackett Financial Advisors. And let's dive into this market. We saw a mixed type of trade for a Friday. What type of influence are you seeing in a Friday trade? Well, I think I'm just kind of getting ready to, uh, you know, for this, as you said, this USDA report next week. You know, we're starting to see a little firmness coming back in, in some of the markets. More talk about phase one being a done deal. You know, had a good week this week. Um, you know, still slow progress on, on harvest, all these kind of things that we know about. But, but this, the grain market's been stuck. You know, they made a kind of a move and they've been stuck just under resistance and they haven't been able to make much movement. Um, and, and they need something fresh, something new to surprise them. And, uh, you know, I think their next idea is that this U.S. airport may be will be the time that the USDA drops numbers more aggressively. And so I think we could see a uh, pre-report rally that may be, you know, that may be led by a disappointment. That's kind of our view at this point. I don't think the USDA is ready to give the market the bulls what it wants at this point. So as you look at this report, we're a week out from a WASD report. What are we going to see market-wise as we build into these numbers come Friday? We know that Friday private estimates were released heading into the weekend to digest them. What are we going to be dealing with, Sean? Like I said, I think the market's going to be expecting uh, more aggressive moves to the downside in yields, more aggressive reductions in um, you know ending stocks. Um, the market's going to feel that it has more real information now, and it doesn't have to take a wild guess like it's been doing for the last two or three reports. And the market is feeling that's what they need to do. I'm afraid that the market is expecting too much. We'll run the market up too much into it. And we'll be disappointed that maybe they did lower the numbers a little, but it was nowhere near as much as they had expected or were expecting. And so I, I, I don't think we're ready for that, you know, that, that epiphany, that moment where you get the truth all out. I, I think it may take a little longer to get to that point than the November report. Well, we've seen a harvest that has continued to have delays and, and more hopefully some warmer, stable temperatures to come in in the next week. But could we see the basis have some more pressure? as we move into the harvest this weekend into early next week? Well, if harvest picks up and we get some better harvest weather and we start moving those combines and getting supplies moving in and we start kind of easing that, that tightness that we've been having because we haven't been able to move the, the harvest along like we expect, I do think basis can, can soften here. I mean, that would be expected um, to, to happen, and I, and I think that it, that's something for sure that would happen. And we've been telling you know our customers to certainly... We'd be locking in strong basis right now, uh, for sure, because we we think there could be, you know, a slide of hand as we move into a more aggressive harvest, you know, progress here over the next couple of weeks. What do you see? And I know that you and I have had this conversation here just a week ago with the effects of of the dollar trade and what you were looking at on these grain markets and some buy sell times. Are we still seeing that pressure working into the trade? I mean, on the U.S. dollar, yes. Yeah, I mean, we just came out with a podcast today, Susan, and, and, and we have a full-blown confirmed, we call it breakout, failure, reversal down, sell signal in the broad dollar index, which is a measure of the U.S. dollar against a broad array of our highest trading partners. Um, and, and so we, we, we really are feeling that we have completed this rounding distribution top that's taken a couple of years to develop, 
and we've turned this market down pretty pretty solidly here. And so we're thinking we could enter kind of a more inflationary trade. You know, we haven't heard that word in a long time, but a currency inflationary trade that we haven't seen in a long time. But we feel that could be a tailwind in our markets. And ag markets love a weak dollar. Exports always do better. We're always more competitive. We're pretty excited that we may be at a very important turning point from a dollar bull to a dollar bear in, in an aggregate that's going to help all ag markets do better over time. For the, the soybean side, and, and I know that there's been tra- talk with uh, South America continuing to clip along with their planting progress. What are you hearing from folks south of the border as to what they're seeing with their not only their crop progress, but what they're seeing with their trade of possibilities? Well, I mean, they've had the fourth uh, driest uh, growing season thus far to this date. So it's by no means been perfect conditions. In fact, it's been anything but perfect conditions. You know, they've been they've been making progress, trying to get done what they can. Um, but but the, but the, we have not had a great start like we had last year. But some better rains are expected to come into some key soybean and corn areas over the next couple of weeks. So so the weather is going to improve. It's going to put some moisture into the ground. It's going to allow that crop that's been planted to come out and so so we think right now the crop prospects in South America are going to look better than they have up to this point and that's probably going to take you know be something that's going to take some of that concern off at least for now. Are we going to continue to see some some strong U.S. versus Brazil export competition? Well we're at the point of the year where if you look at how aggressive South America especially Brazil have sold you know corn and soybeans you know vertical moves you know, six-fold increases year over year. Uh, the way we see it, I mean, they kind of front and loaded their exports, kind of trying to front run a trade deal. Because I think they feel and, and understand that if a phase one trade deal is signed, they're out for a while. And and so I think that we are going to be getting better business, better overall exports, and we are going to start you know winning more than losing in the export market, especially if the weak dollar that we're expecting continues to unfold. It's going to be some better news for moving U.S. product out you know out of our shores. How is how is their real doing? The reals had a nice rally. You know, we got down to that twenty four area, um, which was important uh, support, and then we rallied, you know, back up to twenty five, twenty five and change. So we've had a nice bounce off of those lows. Um, you know, not, nothing to, to get too excited about yet, but it had, it was a nice solid bounce. And the idea that if we can move, push a little further beyond twenty five and a half on the real, then then we could start moving up to that 27 area where the market's been before. We'll stick around, folks. We've got more coming up. We'll take a look at the livestock side and other things on the checklist with Sean Hackett. It's the final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue to hear from Sean Hackett with Hackett Financial Advisors. And whenever we have Sean on, our listeners know it is time to ask some dairy questions. And, of course, we already had one came in um, earlier this week on Wednesday, Sean, that said, what is going on with this Class 3 milk price? And I figured you are the best person to give us an answer. Well, you know, we've been talking about this for you know many, many months, about how U.S. production you know, got really, really flat this year and, and, and you know, really unusually flat. But what normally happens is that supplies of butter, supplies of powder, supplies of cheese... Uh, American cheese, non-American cheese, they all go down kind of in a normal, synchronous fashion. That did not happen this year. What happened this year is that cheddar production got hit while other than American cheese production was actually pretty good. And, and 
And so we had this bifurcation, but the cheese price in the U.S. is based upon the cheddar price and the cheddar stocks. It's not based upon the non-American cheese stocks. So we've had this wild vertical move in the cheese market, which is the basis of class three prices taking off um, because we simply do not have enough supply for you know, ongoing strong demand. And you know that, that's, that's changing. We saw production in September uh, year over year grow over 1.3%. We've seen cheddar production grow in September, but it's going to take a while to rebuild those stocks until we get into the first quarter and the first half. So that was the first thing that really got this thing going. The second thing is New Zealand weather has turned really, really bad. Heavy rains, kind of blustery conditions, everything that does not go well for stressing out dairy cows in New Zealand. And so production that was growing at 4% in August, for example, is now expected to be flat and potentially even go negative in the month of October. This is their peak production season. They are the primary suppliers of milk powder demand to the Chinese at a time that the Chinese buy the most of their milk powder that we see every year. And so we're really concerned that GDT prices, that is the prices at auction, are going to really start taking off, and we're starting to see that for milk powder. And thirdly, we're hearing uh, anecdotal evidence that the dairy herd in China is being called to feed into this rising beef price there and this need for meat proteins, and that's kind of hurting domestic milk production in China. As a result of that, we believe it's possible they could binge buy milk powder from New Zealand at a greater quantity than normal at a time when New Zealand's weather and production are not going to make expectations. So when you put this together, Susan, we talked about it earlier, me and you privately, it's a perfect storm of everything that could go right is going right for price right now. And we think there's more to go. We think we could have a, a big spike trade into the end of the year before we might blow this market and exhaust it out for a while. Some good news then for our dairy producers. Very good news. I mean, these are really good prices. and This is outstanding news. I, the one thing I will caution, don't look, the, don't look a gift horse in the mouth for too long. Eventually, they take the punch bowl away. But at the same time, these are good prices, but don't forget to sell when the time is right. Good advice. Let's look at the uh, the other side of this, uh, the cattle market. And we talked earlier during the break about this vertical move higher that's happening within this cattle market and also the tie-in that we're seeing with Brazil. So kind of paint the picture for us. Well, we know that uh, the Chinese have this huge meat protein hole. And they're trying to fill it. They're buying chicken. They're buying you know, pork. They're buying beef. And uh, they're buying from everybody. And they're trying not to buy it from us. We know they've been trying not to buy it from us. So primarily, they've been looking to Brazil to buy their beef, and record, record exports of beef week after week after week uh, of Brazil going to the Chinese and others, and yet the price has been flat and flat and flat, and then finally over the last two to three weeks, we've seen their price go straight up in a parabolic fashion, suggesting they are out of, of being able to sell and satisfy this demand from China. And when, where we look at, Australia's out, Brazil is out. There's only one place left to go uh, for the kind of supplies that they need, and that's the United States. And so we feel that that unleashing, that pressure valve unleashing of Brazilian price is a signal to the market that the U.S. price has now got to you know, play ball and start moving higher, and we expect to see significant increases in exports and demand going, going into the first quarter when our supplies are going to be very thin. So, so you know, the capital flows that we follow, Susan, the smart money that our algorithm follows, have not sold this cattle rally hardly at all, considering the big move that says this move could be you know, one of these big, big bull moves, not just a tradable rally. So we're still excited 
at higher prices that remain ahead for the for the cattle market right now. So for that cattle producer that's listening to this, what are some things that they need to be thinking about to be able to do some solid marketing? Well, whenever you start getting into a vertical of like milk, like cattle now, you know, it's always, you know, you, trying to predict the blow off top is impossible. No one can know the exact moment that you blow off the top and it's over. So don't try to. But, you know, after going through years of difficult margins and difficult prices, you also don't want to miss the upside. We think this is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for dairy producers and for cattle producers to use put options to lay profitable floors under the market and keep the top side open until we can get a better handle on how much more upside there may be. Good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sean? Our website, Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget, you can get this as a podcast through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you pick up your podcasts. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.